It's Nick. It's Critty. It's Wednesday night. They're serving up pints and bourbon and all sorts of stuff down here, man. It's like a club atmosphere. But we're not here to club. We're here to talk a little bit of footy. Absolutely. We had a nice, nice week of pre-international break football. Things are hot in England, hot in Italy, hot in France, hot in Germany, hot in Spain. It's the first time, Nick, that I can remember in a long time that we have so much competition in all of Europe's top five leagues. What do you think, sir? Yeah, yeah. We, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Usually you got at least two out of the five leagues wrapped up. And uh, we actually have races in every single league. And even even in the second tiers, we have some, some long-time uh, basement dwellers uh, looking like they're going to come back up and fight for some uh, Champions League games and, and titles, man. So, yeah, we, we actually have – have a lot of good good competitions going on here well uh, in the united states here it's almost thanksgiving and this is usually the time of year that byron's eating the sauerkraut and eating the spätzle and pounding the schnitzel and thomas mm-hmm. miller's taking the big drink out of the moss and they are celebrating a yet another bundesliga title but a little club well they're not little but a club <laughs> from the other side of germany called bayer leverkusen is having a little bit of something else to say about that this year. And we're going to talk about them as they beat the balls off of Union Berlin 4-0, making a statement against a Champions League opponent. Whether, Of course, they're not going to make the Champions League this year, but hey, Union Berlin, they're in the Champions League right now. Like it, love it, leave it. They are. They got two more matches. They earned that right last year, and Leverkusen, and I will say probably – the future Bayern Munich squad that is Leverkusen right now, and probably their manager also will be. At least for this year, they're changing the narrative in the German Bundesliga. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I hate to say it, we talked about this, I think, yesterday. Sadly, we're going to see this team disparsed and spread around, and the majority of it will be to their father, Bayern Munich, man. Oh, just, daddy. They call him daddy. I, yeah, and I hate to say it, and uh, I hate that it's true, but most likely we will be seeing Tuchel gone. He's terrible anyways. And Mr. Alonzo, Liverpool legend, he will be probably at uh, Bayern Munich, man, sadly. Also Bayern legend. Um, That's true. He's been a legend for a lot of clubs. I mean, the guy's a football genius. He's an icon. He's a a special player. So I'm not surprised by his success as the manager at Leverkusen. In fact, I think it really fits because his his football IQ is so high. Yeah. But what he's done, he's like taken Florian Wirtz to the next level and he's brought in Boniface and he's made him an absolutely clinical finisher, right? So (laughs) – this is a squad that has that smells blood in the water. And yeah. that when if we look back at this, Nick, and we look back at this in May, and Leverkusen do in fact, and I'm rooting them on. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm biased. I'm rooting oh. them on. I hope they do it. And oh, I think speak- some there's probably some Bayern fans that are pulling for Leverkusen to win it because they're probably bored winning it, right? You gotta in order for you to stay hungry, you need competition. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one, one if you 
keep winning. Yeah. What what Xavi Alonso's done is take the hot his football IQ and it's translated so well to this squad and they've just taken the next step, right? Because Leverkusen's always like between third and sixth place. And now they've finally taken that next step. And when we look back in May, it could have been that draw at the Allianz Arena where Leverkusen came from behind twice yeah. to secure the one-point draw. They are undefeated still in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I mean, how can you not be impressed? No, you got to be. I mean, I, as someone who's been waiting for this for almost 10 years, I mean, I, I love to see it. And and it's good to see someone like Zavi do it. You know, I, I'm telling you, man, when I started following this beautiful game, I, I just couldn't believe how PSG and Bayern Munich were just running their country like they were. And uh, to see someone finally give them some competition is like a breath of fresh air, man. I mean right. – well, we know uh, Dortmund's not going to do it, right? We know Dortmund's no, not going to no, do it. No, and we don't even think about Dortmund. I got the perfect analogy for you, Nick. Dortmund are like the son that's a smartass that backtalks their dad at dinner, and their dad takes them outside behind the woodshed and gives them a good old fashioned ass whooping. And Byron always does that. Like, look, if you don't fall in line, BVB, yeah, black and yellow. Then I'm gonna beat your ass. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and Dortmund Dortmund got really sassy last year. They got very sassy. <laughs> but on the final match day, we all knew that Daddy was gonna come back to the dinner table and he was yeah. gonna whoop that ass. Yeah. So we well, know it's not Bayern. And then we also I think I think Leipzig is on the cusp of it, but they're just, you know, it's like those great teams with Forsberg and Werner and uh, Olmo. And Paulson, they were right there, right? The ones that really came up out of the second tier. And then, you know, you saw Upamakano go to Bayern. You saw Kanate go to Liverpool. You saw Vanner go to Chelsea. So they kind of just, they kind of got torn apart a little bit, right? Now Vanner's back there. But, um, yeah, like, Openda's doing fantastic, right? So Leipzig, that time will come, but it's just not quite there yet. But Leverkusen... That's it, right? That's the guy, that's the kid at the table that finally stands up to daddy and says, hey, I'll, I'll go outside with you. I'll go fist yeah. to fist with you, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I just, it's funny because everyone must have known but me, man, because I sure as heck was given BVB a chance last year, and man, did I learn quick. I, uh, I'll never make that mistake again. That was that was a big mistake on me. I'll I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. I will never put faith in BVB again, ever. You shouldn't, unless no. they're playing Newcastle. Unless they're playing Newcastle. Yeah, that that's the literally the only time is if it's against Newcastle in Champions League. Take BVB with your life because for whatever reason they're going to win. Okay, so before we get into the European leagues, Nick, we had in our hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. This past weekend, we had a league championship match in our town. And you, sir, you, with your Spurs girlfriend fan, your new Tottenham supporter, yeah, um, 
It's funny, by the way, I just acute uh, when I bought your Liverpool shirt for you, uh, the person at Lloyd Soccer said, "It's a shame you're not buying a Spurs shirt." I'm like, "Ah, uh, no, yeah, I'm like I'm not. I'm, I don't know. No, no, thank you." I was like, "There's no." no. But anyway, so Spurs are like uh, the hot ticket right now in Charleston. That's nice. They've lost two in a row. We'll see how long it lasts. But yeah. you were at so Charleston Battery, our hometown. Uh, let's see, they would be compared to like a Brazilian fourth tier side. Is that right? I, I'd say a C, a good, a good C team. Yeah, a, a series okay. C team. Yeah. Okay, well, so I've, I've been to some matches this year. I took the little one out there, Emmeline. She really enjoyed it. And, you know, there, it's it's a fun time in the summer especially. But you went to a championship match against Phoenix Rising, and this was for all the marbles. So, Nick, I know that you weren't expecting to go. You actually got tickets at the last minute. You go out there. Uh, walk us through it, man. It's 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 at the end of the day, all jokes aside – it's it's a it's a league final. This is winner take all. It's if it doesn't get decided in regulation, it goes to penalties. So you got a little bit to say. You were the eyewitness. So tell us about this, man. Uh, Charleston goes up one nil. What was your experience? So yeah, I I got surprised with with tickets. Um, Jennifer, she got tickets for hefty kind of price. I'll give you. I mean, it was eighty ninety bucks a ticket. And it was absolutely packed to the rafters. I mean, we got there uh, 30 minutes before the match. It was jam-packed. There was a record crowd at Mount Pleasant, or in Mount Pleasant, at the uh, Patriots Point Soccer Complex. It was 5,100 people, so Mm -hmm. 5,100. There is more people at League One, League Two matches. So, of course, it's not big in comparison to others, but... You know, it's it's we're doing better than the Saudi League. I mean, some of the Saudi League games <laughs> only have seven. Yeah, it's it's if you're listening to this, check out the Saudi League number attendance, the, the attendance numbers, and you'll get a good laugh. So we did better than them, and they're watching yeah. Benzema, Benzema, and and uh, Ronaldo and Ronaldo and and all Jordan the Henderson. Yep. Yeah. So so that says something right there. Yeah. Uh, but the game was was great, man. It was. Um, we sat right next to the Phoenix uh, Rising supporters. They're called the Banditos, and I want to give them a shout out. If any of them hear this, they were great, man. They uh, they were awesome. They were very uh, into the match, singing the whole match, even when they were down. They were good. Uh, we even had Charleston supporters heckling them, and they did it did very well with that. I'm actually gonna we'll put some pictures up on the Twitter, I'll put a post up under this episode posting and we'll, we'll show some of the Phoenix uh, banditos, but we scored in the first half, 36th minute to go up. And then it was a battle in the second half. I mean, the tactics were done, were, were pretty well. I mean, it was, it was a tight match. Uh, Charleston was kind of on the back uh, second half. Phoenix was more so attacking just cause they had to, we had a penalty that was called, but then turned around by VAR. Uh, I agree with it. If you watch the highlight, he went off. He got ball. The Phoenix guy just tripped over him. So that was good. That was called back. Um, and then in the 90th minute, like Holland unmarked behind the the back post, this Sternberg guy, this six four. I mean, this monster of a dude in comparison to everyone else, this Swedish defender – Mm-hmm. Uh, played at Oyster or 
uh, I don't know how you pronounce it right, but a second tier in Sweden. He came over to Phoenix this past season, played 17 matches, and scored his one and only goal in the final to tie the match. Extra time, nothing happened, nothing to speak of, couple yellow cards. Well, guess what? Penalties come up. And what does Battery do? Well, Phoenix missed their first two penalties and then take a wild guess. Uh, the Battery missed their last three. Phoenix clinched the USL final. The Battery lose in shameful fashion. They missed their last three and season over. Um, one of the assistant coaches has already been hired for the new Sturt. Uh, I think it's what's the team in Oklahoma? Sturridge. There's a there's a Sturridge team that's being started in USL League One. So the dismantling of the battery has already begun. One yeah. of the coaches has left to go coach to go manage there at the new yet USL side. And sadly, the battery lost in the final game over. Uh, that was it, man. I mean, I was, I, it was a very well-played match. Of course, it wasn't like watching, you know, some of the European guys, but it was, it was definitely entertaining. Good. It was nice to see, uh, Williams, the Sierra Leone national, uh, player for battery was out there. It was good to see him being that I like following the African, uh, nation cup of nations and the qualifying. It was nice seeing him, but we got the L man. The battery caught the L. And uh, one of uh, Beckham's basement um, co-hosts got to witness a final Mm -hmm. for the first time in the podcast history with many more to come, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome that you went. When I found out that you uh, were there Saturday night, I was pumped because I'm like, okay, you're going to be able to tell our listeners firsthand what this match was like. I mean – it's it's you know it's 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 a so I say American football. It is American football, but not yeah. that football, uh, yeah. not not the handball. But um, you're getting this, you're getting to 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 go to to a, a league final, and you know, sadly for me, this is the story ends as it always does with Charleston. No matter what happens, winning the league or not, there's no promotion relegation in this country, and it's a travesty. Yeah that a first world country and the, you know, basically we started our league with, with excellent European leagues to go off of to say, okay, this is how you do it the right way. And instead we base it off of the national football league and the NBA and major league baseball and the franchise system and the national hockey league. And it's, and it's terrible because Charleston it's that's the beauty of it, like a, a a Luton town, which has no business being in the Premier League. They're in the Premier League. Anybody can go to the Premier League. I'm sure one day Wrexham, if Ryan Reynolds has any say in it, will be in the Premier League. Well, Charleston is not going to get a National Football League team. They're not going to get a basketball team. They're not going to get a Major League Baseball team, and they're damn sure not going to get a National Hockey League team. But you can get there with football through promotion and yeah. so, and Charleston could have a major league sports franchise or club in our hometown by winning the USL. Yeah. And instead they go right back down yeah. to where they were in the same league. And they're going to get picked apart like vultures at a, on a, on a piece of roadkill. And it yeah. sucks. 
Yeah, man. And that's the fate of every, but then it's also like, if you're just as the name a name, sporting Kansas City a couple of years ago that couldn't win a game, well, I don't have to worry about it because I can't get relegated. So what yeah. does it matter if I finish dead last? Yeah, no. That's absolutely. the beauty of football, right? Hamburg, yeah. Kaiser Slaughter, Leon might make the drop, Palermo's down there, Parma's down there, uh, Bordeaux's down there, Sheffield Wednesday, um, Portsmouth. Yeah. It goes on and on and on and on about all these clubs. Uh, Kaiser Slaughter, German champions galore, the second league, right? Yeah. That's the thing. That's the beauty of it. It's like, you know, it's either win and stay up or lose and go down. But in this country, it's lose and get rewarded because, you know, if you're the worst team in the NFL, you get the number one pick in the draft the next year. Yeah. It's just terrible. So. And it go- it shows in our national team play too, because the guy, it, the the federation makes it mandatory that we call up a certain amount of players from our domestic league, and our domestic league isn't competitive because we don't have pro rel. Yeah. And until pro rel is brought into our domestic leagues, I just feel like USA will always either make the playoff in the World Cup or something, and then lose because we're never going to have the quality of guys that say in England or in Italy have not because of, you know, who we are, the people I just so solely based solely based that off of the fact that we have to have 10 MLS players in our squad. You could take those 10 guys out and add the American from Kaiserslautern or Hamburg or a guy in Sweden who plays in the top tier for USA to take those spots of the MLS guys and they will play better than Roldan or than whoever is called up from Seattle Sounders or Kansas City or whoever, man. It, it's just – it's a joke. I mean, this is something I scream about on Twitter all the time. Until pro rail is a thing in the United States, we're just – we're a joke, man. Absolute joke. So, so the thing is like – so, I mean, like the thing is like I, I, I can't not – have a spot in my heart for the battery because they are our hometown, even though it's, it's under the American franchise system. I mean, my daughter, Emmeline has a Charleston battery kit and she wears it to sleep in. She loves it. You know, like we go to games. I mean, she's, she's obviously she's a Liverpool fan first and, and that's because of me, but, and she, she knows when they play and she get looks to get up in the weekends on the mornings and, and, and watch it with daddy. But like, she also, knows the battery and it's, it's the first, it's the only match she's actually been to so far. Yeah. So yeah, there's a soft spot in my heart for the battery. And I'm, you know, I was, I was born here. So they truly are my hometown club. So I want them to do well, but at the same time, I want to see them get rewarded for their efforts. And Charleston has been one of the better clubs historically in when they, whatever tier they played in through their entire existence. They're now, this is their 30th year, 1993 to, to 2023. And they've had a lot of success, but it's like, what do you, when do you, what do you get for that though? Yeah, Other than nothing. getting your, 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 your team pulled apart, you know, it's like yeah. if you get promoted in any of Europe's top leagues or in the Brazilian league or Argentinian league, you don't sell off your entire club. You have to keep them so that you can be competitive in the top flight next, the next season. Charleston Absolutely. just, it's like, they're basically a feeder club to Atlanta United or whoever the hell, right? I mean, 
there was this joke running around a couple of years ago that basically Charleston United were Atlanta United's B team. Uh, sorry, Charleston Battery yeah. were Atlanta United's B team, and it's until they got Atlanta United B team actually. And yeah, it's, that yeah. that sucks. It sucks that it's like the the it's the structure is the way it is. In nineteen, I mean, you've mentioned this on the show before. In 1994, when the United States hosted the World Cup, they had to create a professional league or FIFA was not going to give it to them. And they had the chance right there to go in one direction or the other. And you could have differentiated yourselves from all the other leagues. And I don't care because American football started in America. Basketball started in America. Baseball is America's pastime. We we started it that way, so I don't have a problem if they have the franchise system, and I don't have a problem if the worst team gets the first draft pick. And if Germany or England started a pro basketball league, I wouldn't mind if they did it the same way that we do it because we created it. But yeah. England, Germany, Spain, France, they all had top leagues, Italy, before America, and they were doing it the right way. And America goes, no, we're going to do it the same way that every other sport does it, and – I just think that's a travesty, and we are now over a quarter of a century into it, and you and I both know it's hard to reverse that stuff. No, absolutely, yeah. We just had to say, you know what? We're going to do it a way we want with our franchises. We don't care what everyone else does, and and that's why I feel our national team pays for it, man. I, I never, I'm never fooled during international tournaments because I know we're not strong enough and deep enough that's my point is how deep we are. We're not deep enough because we have to call up these guys from the MLS. So until that happens, man, we're just, we're always going to be cursed, man. And, and the, the MLS shows with, with how crappy it can be. I mean, I don't watch it. You don't watch it. If there was promotion and relegation, I really feel like I would pay more attention being there's a team here and being it's more competitive. I really would. Without it, I just could care less, man. I couldn't tell you right now what's going on with the MLS. Uh, if that was pro rel, I'd probably be all over the Charlotte franchise or Charlotte yeah. Club. I yeah. would. I probably I, that, I, I would get my high bank kit and Yeah. We could have been <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah, seriously. But I mean without but see, and it's just that's that's the thing though, is that there's there's no the, the, here's the beauty of European football, right? And I don't mean to single out Europe because Africa does it, South America does it, but I'm just saying we the, the big leagues are in Europe. There are sometimes more interesting fights at the bottom of the table than there are at the top. And that's what makes it so beautiful is the fact that while Bayern might win the league by Thanksgiving sometimes, right? You have this dogfight that goes till the final match day, typically, to see who's going to be 16, 17, 18, let's just say in Germany or in in England's case, 18th, 19th, and 20th. That's that that is entertainment because you have these you have these clubs that are just fighting and for everything that they are worth to keep themselves up. And it's it's passion. It's 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 these these you know uh, footballers that are out here just grinding, right? Yeah, they're just grinding away just trying to carve themselves out one more season in the top flight. And you got to respect the hell out of that. But yeah. in MLS, there's, there's no, in MLS, there's no punishment for being the, the, the biggest pieces of crap on the block. No, there's nothing. And it, and, and until that changes, just a lot of people aren't going to care, man, especially 
someone like us or people like us or whoever's listening it, because you there's just not enough reason to really care. I mean, you you make the the top two-thirds make the playoffs and then you just play out and the bottom the people who don't make the playoffs nothing happens. Anywhere else, you're gone, you're going to the second tier and you got to fight your way back up, which makes it a hundred times more entertaining. I mean, geez, man, you you know, you like this about me a lot. I, I know a lot about second tiers of a lot of countries because it's, yeah. Yeah, it's that do. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just what football's about. And when you look at what we have, it's, it's just a joke, man. I, I can't take it serious. I just, I can't, man. And, and until that happens, I won't, I mean, and they had a, they had a meeting a few months ago. I think I, we, I told you about this with legal or USL and the league one and league two all and the NISA, I think it's called, they had a meeting about promotion and relegation for those tiers and they're going to vote on it here soon. So the MLS won't be involved, but at least if the bottom tiers can get it going, then maybe that'll open the door for the MLS to open up their doors to pro-rel. Will it happen? Probably not because money is is what these owners want. And a team like Omaha wouldn't be able to go up and pay, you know, MLS money. So, you know, it probably won't happen, but it would be crazy to see in 10 or 20 years, you know. Yeah, and there's a there's a guy um, from my earliest podcasting days goes back to 2017. He's on Twitter or whatever the hell it is X now. Uh, ben Fast, and I uh, give him a shout out because he is he's one of the loudest voices that I've seen on Twitter about pro rel US pro rel for USA, and he doesn't even from what I can tell he doesn't even acknowledge basically MLS, but he's always put, he's he's. I mean, it's for six years, I've seen him posting stuff on Twitter about pro rel for USA. And I've, I've re- retweeted a bunch of his stuff that the guy knows his stuff. He's passionate about it, but like, he's one of the biggest advocates for pro rel. And I mean, I just think it would make all the difference in the world. And it would honestly put the American league on the map and just have a lot more respect worldwide. If they did it the way that everybody else was doing it successfully. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I agree with you. And and until then, no one outside of the U.S. will take it seriously. And I stand by that. I mean, I see it daily with people I talk to who are fans of, of football, period. And you never are having a conversation about the MLS. And here we are. I think the MLS is in the playoffs right now. And I couldn't even tell you. I think it's Columbus and somebody else. I can't even tell you who's still left in it. And that's sad, man, because – you know, the MLS is, that's our domestic league. And I can't even tell you what's going on, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a sad state and until, until they adapt and they get on board with the rest of the world, then it's, it's not going to change, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, and, it's going to be we'll continuously get kicked out of, you know, the world cup in the first round, because we, we got to play after Tyler Adams or McKinney goes off. We got to bring on some guy from Salt Lake city. So, well, that's also, Remember, if they qualify, because... That's true. Yeah, you're right. It's not always a guarantee, so... Yeah, with us, it's not, for sure. No. (laughs) All right, moving on, moving on. Nick, we had some some big-ass results in in Europe. Let's just start from the top, okay? We're going to start from England. The big one, the big one, the big kahuna burger, right? Sunday afternoon, eight goals 
Eight goals, man. This is back and forth. Tyson Pat, City drop points. Chelsea do what they do best. They drop points. So Chelsea and Manchester City, four to four. Nick, there was penalties. There was mutants. There's mutants walking around. Yeah. Um, Nick Jackson was walking yeah. around. Seeing Chelsea, I mean, I'm like, dude, Liverpool are going to – I mean, they're going to – they're going to be level on points with City. It's done, right? Yeah. City come back, take a 3-2 lead. Chelsea equalizes. City goes back ahead. Then Chelsea equalizes. Insane. You yeah. watch this entire match. Let me let me get your thoughts on this one. What did you think? Um, was this was this Pep's loss that they drew, or was this a, a win for Poch that they came back, or did Poch did he botch it because they were up two 0 and they let City come back and, and take the lead and, and then have to get the equalizer themselves. Like, who did you see coming out as the winner in this match? And, you know, what did you, what were your takeaways from it? I mean, just I, I feel like Chelsea came out the winner because getting a point against City for them right now is big because this isn't Chelsea of two, three years ago when they were winning Champions League. I mean, they, they've been having a hard time scoring goals. I, I definitely took this as a plus for Chelsea big time. I mean, I, not for a second did I think City would be happy with this. You know, they want the win. They want the three points. But, I mean, granted, it's Chelsea at home. They'll they'll take the point. I just they, – they did big time Chelsea with the point. I mean, you, you got to think how Chelsea's been playing and finishing that four one to Tottenham was a load of crap because Tottenham were down two men. Nicholas Jackson had the ugliest hat trick in history. I don't care what anyone tells me, watch it. You'll agree. And then they come against a full, full strength city and uh, they get the nonsense penalty call city do. I mean, Cucurello just was playing, man. I mean, I didn't think the first penalty call was a penalty against uh uh, I think it was Holland, the mutant, and he barely had his hand around him. And of course, City gets the call; they make the penalty. Chelsea go up two one, and then sure enough, they they let City absolutely back in this game when they had the chance to stay up. You got Mutant scoring again from Alvarez, and then Jackson scored in the sixty seventh to make it a 3-3 match. Now, I'm telling you, when Rodri scored at the end, I thought it was over, but, man, we got ourselves a match here. With that penalty called in the night, in stoppage time, you knew Cole Palmer was going to make it. I mean, this this is his ex-club. Pep told him, look, Marez is leaving. You'll get your chance to play. I'm going to get you in rotation. And Cole Palmer said, no, man, I want out. Pep said, you know what? Goodbye. And he is doing it for Chelsea now. I mean, if you you can you can attest to this, man. Cole Palmer is a stud out there. He's yeah. he looks good, man. I mean, the guy is is a crucial player for Chelsea right now. And and he was almost I don't want to say he was City's like garbage or trash, but he was just coming off the bench for City. I mean, you gave him one or two more years, Pep might throw him in that starting lineup, but for Chelsea, he's showing out, man, and scoring that penalty to make it four four was big for them. I definitely take this as a as a Chelsea W, and this was the draw was also good for the likes of Liverpool, Tottenham, and everyone else around because you're keeping that 
that race close. Um, some dodgy calls in this game. Uh, definitely eight goals is a is a banger. That's what we want to see. At least you know us Americans, we like it fast. We like action. Eight goals is exactly that. So yeah, man, Nicholas Jackson getting him another goal. He's finally trying to learn how to finish in front of net, and uh, they got they're on break now, of course, because international, but. I mean, Chelsea, they keep it going. You know, you could see them climb up that ladder a little bit and and teams like Liverpool can keep hoping that City will drop these points. Uh, We actually have the biggest match of the season, I would say. You might agree. I think it's on the 20, what, 24th. We got City and Liverpool. And that could be a match we look back on and say, hey, man, it was won here. It was lost here. This is going to be a big one. But I think it's the 28th. First of all, it is the biggest match of the season. That's the, yeah. that's number one versus number two, and they're yeah. separated by exactly one point in the league. So, yes, yeah. that is the biggest match of the season. Number two, it's Liverpool and Man City. Those are the two most successful clubs over the past five years, bar none. There's not even a dispute about that. They Absolutely. both won a Champions League. They both won league titles. They, they both won FA Cups. They both won – uh, Carabao Cups. They've done. They've won every trophy there is to win. Uh, well, Liverpool have the FIFA Club World Cup, and we'll see if City can get that one here later this year. But they they they've won it all between them, right? Um, yeah. yeah, it's the biggest match uh, of of the season so far by by far. But I want to tell you, Nick, uh, can you name to me the only club in the Premier League that is undefeated in their last five matches? It's got to be. It's got to be Liverpool, right? Yeah, it's Liverpool, right? Yeah, Liverpool's undefeated. Be. So that's how they've caught City, and it's how they passed Arsenal with the goal differential. Let yeah. me ask you this though. So that's why he's setting it up, right? But so so Pep plays Pep plays a three two four one. Another BVB. Uh, I won't say he's a bust, but he's an average. He was average at BVB, right? Uh, Manuel Akanji. What you, so he played. He played mostly center back. In Switzerland, before he went to BVB, he plays in the back four at BVB. Now he's playing as a as a number six in this three two four one. Gets a goal. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because Akanji was bought for you know cheap in comparison. BVB were like, yeah, he's he sucks, man. We're gonna get rid of yeah. him if, if Pep wants him. He can have him. And now, of course, this is the you know the old story of um. Uh, you know, uh, Klopp gets uh, Andy Robertson for eight million and turns him into a world class fullback, right? So, yeah. Kanji, what are, what are your thoughts on him in, in in the in the midfield? I mean, yeah, I didn't think I'd be seeing him doing. He he almost is doing what Stones was doing last season, right? Yeah, I mean, that's he's just taking the place of what Stones was doing. And what were we talking about last season? Oh my God, look at Stones inverted this inverted that he's up in the mid. Then he goes back like Akanji's basically doing the same thing. And he's a little bit more athletic than Stones. So it kind of makes more sense to see Akanji do it. I actually watched him today play against Israel in the Euro qualifying match. And he was basically doing the same deal. I mean, he was all over the place, but yeah, I I enjoy seeing it. I mean, Akanji is a liability on that defense. I really feel like he is not as bad as like I'd say Trent or something, but right. he's not the best defender, you know. But his advantages he gives you in that midfield pushing forward, 
can kind of do the same thing that with Trent. It, it, it overcovers that defense, that lack of defense that he can give you, you know? So I, I like what he's doing, man. I, I, heck, I, I had eyes on him today. I was watching him and he, he looks good. I, he's just that defender who's, who's liable. So pushing him up a little bit, hoping the other guys can cover his part is, is just something that City's back line's going to have to do, you know? Yeah, agree. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, what a hell of a way to end the Premier League uh, week with going into the international break. Eight goals, spectacular. Two of the, I mean, I say two of the top six clubs, but Chelsea's sitting in 10th place. But, you know, when it comes to actual size and and financial power, yeah, two of the top six, they delivered for the match of the week. It was absolutely a banger of a match. Uh, moving on, Liverpool get the job done. Easy 3-0 win over Brentford. Nothing. I mean, Salah gets the brace. Jota scores in the 74th. They climbed to within one point. They're second place now. Uh, no losses in their last five, as I just said. West Ham get the win 3-2 over Forest. Brighton and Sheffield 1-1. Bournemouth 2-0 over Newcastle. Let's talk about them real quick, Nick. We're talking about them. Newcastle. This is a one-hit wonder, right? This is just like Milli Vanilli, right? So yeah. you go out, you get your hit, they find out you're a lip-syncing cheat and can't follow up in the in, in the second time around, right? So they lose back-to-back games to BVB in the Champions League. They're facing yeah. elimination there. Bournemouth, lowly Bournemouth, beat them 2-0 over the weekend. You and I were texting about how Newcastle are just, you know, not not informed this year. We watched that match, so uh, yeah. my impression, I was just flabbergasted at how very, very pathetically poor Newcastle were. What, do, what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, man. I, they've just pissed me off the last two weeks, man. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's injuries. I mean, I know um, I know their forward just came back. Gore, uh and Gordon might have been a little hurt too. And, you know, he's very important. But you just – everyone deals with injuries, man. You can't lose 2 nothing to Bournemouth. I'm sorry. And and they're paying for it. I feel I feel like slowly Aston Villa is like taking the place of what Newcastle was doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't that remind you of what Newcastle did last season? Like creeping yeah. up. And the, here it is with Aston Villa. They got Dracula, great manager. He knows how to win. He's done it in Spain. He's doing it now in England. And you have Newcastle kind of taking that back seat to Aston Villa. And to be honest, it's not surprising to me. I, I thought Newcastle needed to make a little bit more splashes. I mean, they got the Italian from um, AC Milan. And that, I mean... They needed more, man. I, I mean, what we're seeing from them versus BVB in Champions League is a travesty. I mean, BVB is not that good. No. So for them to lose both fixtures, home and away, is just a joke. And I'm I'm telling you, man, Aston Villa is slowly taking that spot of what Newcastle was doing. And, and we just talked about this. I know we're talking about Newcastle, but Villa is slowly becoming – the last year's Newcastle. Yeah, no, Aston Villa, they they keep doing it, right? Eight eight wins, one draw, three losses. They only have one loss in their last five. They won three of their last four, 25 points. They sit one point back of Tottenham for fourth place, which is a Champions League place, and they have a better goal differential. So, I mean, 
the very next weekend of Premier League football, we could see Aston Villa creep in the top four. They've just been they've been grinding it out and 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 getting the results. There's another question for you: Which club has only 13 goals scored? This is piss poor. 12 matches played, 13 goals for. So they're averaging one goal per match, and yet they find themselves in sixth place. I, I, already, I don't even have to look. Yeah, it's yeah. United because yeah. all they do is score one and they win. And and it's a good thing for, for people like you, man. I, I I would love to see him continue to win one nothing and then lose the big ones and just end up in a freaking Europa uh, Conference League spot because they can't win champions. But as longer you keep this goofball manager in, the longer they're going to be in the mud. The more content we get, the more laughing we get to do at people because they're they're just a joke, man. I mean, every time they win, it's one nothing because someone saves their tail, man. When, I mean, think about it. Last match, Bruno. I mean, before that, Harry Maguire. Before that, McTominay scored two in stoppage. It's always a superhero who has to save them when they're not really a superhero. I mean, Luton Town, they beat 1-0 with yeah. a goal from Victor Lindelof. I mean, the 59th yeah. minute, like that's it, right? It's like they just keep the, these ugly wins against these minnows. Yeah. And so, yeah, somehow they find themselves in sixth place. But still, they still have to play Liverpool. They, they, they have, they have a, 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 a pretty full slate still left to go. When they play the Liverpools and the Man Cities. That's usually when they get their teeth kicked in. So, but yeah, they have the worst goal differential of any club in the top ten. They have the fewest goals scored of any club in the top ten, and they have the few, one of the fewest goals scored total in the entire league. Period. Yeah, I mean, you look at Liverpool. You look at Liverpool, who scored uh, twenty-seven. City scored thirty-two. Aston Villa has scored 29, Newcastle scored 27, and United scored 13. It's just, I mean. It's a joke, dude. Joke. They dropped 90 on a striker, too. 80 on a striker, 40 or 50 on Mount. We talk about how much they spend all the time. I'm not going to get too into it. Yeah, yeah. But this, I'm telling you, man, even United supporters know, man, you guys are in the mud. Yeah. You're in the mud, you're 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 at the bottom, but you're in sixth. But you know where you're at, you know your manager's crap, and basically you're just waiting for him to go so you can get rid of all this dead food you got, like Lindelof, like McTominay. Because no matter how much you you or no matter how you tell me or spell it to me or say it to me. McTominay wouldn't start on Liverpool. He wouldn't start for City. Like these teams, these guys that are starting for United are just not, they're not world-class guys who, who want, who big teams want. They're, they're stuck with these people, man. It's like the owners don't want to get rid of them. We've talked about it before and they're just, they're, they're going to stay in this mediocrity where they can maybe make a competition and then they just get beat and then we just get to laugh at people. We get to laugh at content creators, and we get to uh, enjoy their misery. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, United. United writes itself this year for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Villa. Let's see here. McGinn, Watkins take care. They put the nail in the coffin of Fulham over the weekend, three-one. Like we said, they just keep on winning. 
Then the only other like big one, of course, the upset. Uh, what's going on at Spurs, man? Back to back losses now this last weekend against Wolves. I mean, two yep. one, and yep. the way they lost, they go up one nil in the third minute, and then Wolves get both of their goals back to back within six minutes of each other in in uh, extra time, uh, stoppage time. Sorry. Yeah. What the hell's going on at Spurs all of a sudden? It was the back Ben Davies, man. He he was the victim of one of those injuries. I mean, we can we can all teams deal with them, but Tottenham is cursed right now with injuries. They don't have anybody in the back. They don't have anybody on the bench, man. I mean, you 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 gotta you look at their lineup and the guys they're bringing off are not just they're not capable of keeping that ball out of the net I mean Vicario their goalkeeper from Empoli is freaking world class I'm telling you the guy is single-handedly saving Tottenham from getting beat like six to one some of these games I'm telling you he's basically a defender I mean I saw him playing out when they were playing Chelsea the guy was like a like a defender it was something to see I mean I give him all the props in the world the guy should He's he's looking better than Donnarumma right now, and that says a lot. I mean, you can you can uh, timestamp it and talk trash to me anybody wants to, but I will argue that him right now is is playing at the toppest level of, as you can as a goalkeeper in uh, on this planet. And Davies is just terrible. I mean, I know I keep bringing him up, but the guy. Uh, He's he's just not he's not good and those la- those late goals from the Wolves were just one was a was a nice shot from the South Korean and then the second one uh was just another I think it was a header off of like a set piece man they just they're having trouble defending and when teams come at them like Chelsea did and the Wolves did they just can't keep the ball out of the net you know they go up one nothing and then they blow it late and that's been the, the 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 theme for the last two matches. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked enough about them this season to say we were so surprised that they obviously addition by subtraction with Kane leaving. And they looked like they were going to be a legitimate competitor. And I will say this, you know, look, they should have at least drawn, if not lost, to Liverpool. And that would have been some points dropped right there. But instead, you know, that that did end up working in their favor. But maybe now things are coming back more to the surface level a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man, they they need in January, if they do not go out and make some moves for their defense and put some people on that bench, they are in trouble and they're going to drop. And someone like Aston Villa, who is the Newcastle of this season, will overtake their spot and Tottenham will yet be out of European competitions again. And right. that's not what the fans want to see at all. Well, let's, um, yeah, that recaps it for England. I mean, we got some, obviously the, the match of the season coming up after the international break, but uh, yeah, things are cooking in the premier league. It's looking uh, very interesting, both at the bottom and the top, but going over to Spain, if we were, looking for something that was interesting, you know, this far into a season to not have Atletico or Real or Barca in the top spot is 
quite unheard of. And you would say, well, who would that be, right? Who's going to be, okay, it's probably Sevilla. It's probably Valencia. No, it's not. It's it's Girona, right? Yeah. And speaking of Valencia real quick, before we get to Girona, they, if you were wondering if they were for real yet, right? You know, they're mid-table. They're off to a much better start than they have been the last couple of years. Real Madrid just beats the balls off of them. I mean, no problem. 5-1, Carvajal, third minute, puts it away. Vinicius Jr., he gets a brace. Then Rodrigo gets a brace after he gets a brace, and then we all get braces and our teeth get straightened out. So 5-1, Real Madrid over Valencia. Um, Nick, this is this is a dogfight in Spain, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's – I mean, this is a – the Atletico 3-1 over Villarreal, another one of the Spanish royalty clubs, Villarreal, but Atletico get it done. They, uh, of course, Axel Witzel, former Dortmund legend, I guess you can yeah. call him. Uh, yeah, sure. Estefan Griezmann, yeah. <laughs> uh, former Atletico legend, now current Atletico legend after a failed attempt at Barcelona. Stay small, don't go big. And, yeah, yeah Samuel Lino. So 3-1, Atletico takes care of business and still, mind you, they have a match in hand, so if they win that one, they go to 31 points, which puts them in third, one spot behind Real Madrid, who has 32. And then, of course, as we said, the leaders of La Liga, Girona, just keep getting the job done. They play Rio Vallecano 2-1. It was Dovbic and Savio, 42nd minute, 65th minute, after falling behind yet again in the fifth minute to Garcia Rivera. You want yeah. to just keep winning, Nick. Yeah. Um, what do you attribute this to? You had mentioned before we went on air about how this reminds you of sort of City's dis- uh, uh, ascent when they were t- kind of building their way up towards becoming contenders in England. We've yeah. seen Hirona come from the second tier. We've seen them be competitive in the first. And now, th- besides their loss to Real Madrid – earlier this season, they're basically perfect. So yeah. what do you think about this club? Is this, uh, are they for real? Is this really going to happen? Are we going to see I mean, we, a challenge? Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it a lot. The whole world is talking about it now. I'm telling you, man, every time I see this, the, the team lineup, not for, you know, just their squad in general, it's funny because I've seen these guys all over the the the, the world, man. Victor Sangoff is the quote unquote Ukrainian Messi. He's been a prospect for the last six years since he was nineteen. People have been watching him at Dynamo, Dynamo Kiev. They pick him up quietly, and look how he's doing. He's scoring a goal. He's played twenty. Let's see, thirty matches. He scored six, I think. So not scoring a lot of goals, but the guy has almost 10 assists. He's playing great, fitting in with the Girona. He's almost he's a he's coming off as a as a sub most of the time, but I bring him up because it's the scouting. It's the scouting. It's picking up these players. I mean, Savio from Brazil, I watched him for Atletico um MG Mineiro. In Brazil, playing alongside Hulk and and well, not yet, but playing where Hulk is now playing the uh, the Brazilian uh, legend from Zenit and and whatnot. But he it, scouting. I mean, you don't find this guy. You don't get. You don't pick this guy up and have him. Wait, score. You're talking about the Incredible Hulk. Hulk, yeah. Oh, the Bruce great, Banner. 
Wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wrong Hulk. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. That, yeah, the green one. Not the green. He looks okay. like it. I mean, dude, yeah. you should see this guy's legs are like tree trunks. He has yeah, a. No. If you have a second, anyone who's listening, Google his free kick that was like at 80 miles an hour or something. Like it was ridiculous. It hit the bar and it bounced all the way past midfield. Like that's how hard he kicks the ball. Well, anyways, the scouting, man, I mean, to get these, to to find these players and then have a 19-year-old from Brazil scoring like he is, you know, four goals in 12 matches, that's that for someone in La Liga who's 19, that's good. Not to mention you got all the the other guys that they've had for years, you know, uh, Stuani, the the Uruguayan guy they've had since they were in League Two, still there. I attribute this uh, to to just that man, just their squad, the depth they have, the players they have. These guys are all fighting. They want to be up there. The managers playing well. This the the Spanish guy, the Michael. He's he's got them gelling like like you want to see man i mean if it came down to them playing you know someone like madrid when they cuz they did play madrid and if i'm not mistaken it was what 4 to 1 mm-hmm. 4 to nothing so they uh, wait uh you don't know you mean yeah you run up like madrid wasn't it bad? It I was, think it was like 3-0 a, or something. Yeah. yeah I don't have a score so, in front of me. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. 3-0. You were right. Yeah, yeah 3-0. Yeah, yeah. And so they're still not quite past that heap, but they're good enough to finish in the top four. And I, I could solely contribute it to these their Oh, I don't see how that doesn't happen, man, because there's t- yeah. there's ten points between them and fifth place. I agree. They would have to have a complete meltdown. They they're the only club in the top 10 that has won five in a row. They, they yeah. won, they have 15 points from their last 15. That, Real Madrid has two draws. Barcelona has a loss and a draw. Yeah. Atletico has a loss and athletic club has a loss and a draw. Real Sociedad has two losses and a draw. Real Betis is undefeated, yeah. but there's three draws in there. No, Girona has five green check marks. Win, yeah. win, 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 win in their last yeah, five matches. Great. All green. Their last red on my book is Madrid. Yeah, that's it. And, and and I mean, if they can keep that up, then yeah, you're you're. I I, I agree with you. It's going to be hard for them not to finish in a Champions League spot. And it's just funny because I remember sitting in my living room watching them in the La Liga two playoff. So this just it's it's a great story, man. No wonder every content creator is talking about them. Because they fully deserve it, man. I mean, this is a great story. Yeah, other than that, not much changed. You know, you got Sociedad, Betis, yeah. uh, Sevilla got the draw, uh, Rakitic. You know, you got uh, – he he, got, he gets the equalizer. Sevilla is still struggling this season. I mean, just two wins out of 12 matches in domestic play. It's just uh, real disappointing, especially they have Rakitic. They obviously have um, – Shoot, our favorite center back from Real Madrid. Well, I'm a, he'll, he'll, he'll kill you. Um, Ramos. Yeah, Ramos. Sergio Ramos, yeah. So, um, yeah, just uh, Sevilla's just, you know, I feel like they're a little bit underachieving. Five consecutive draws, Nick. They haven't yeah. lost a match, but they haven't no. won one either. Yeah, just getting those one points. Yeah, it's, it's not going to get you. That's not going to get you no. into Europe, you know? No, we watched one of their games. Remember, we watched them against um, – who was it? Uh, the newly promoted side. We watched. You don't remember at, at your place? No, we did. We I remember was watching them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I just forget who they were playing, and man, it was bad. I mean, it took a last what seventy fifth minute goal, and we were like, oh, finally. And I think they drew that game, or or they won. No, they drew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had so, it. Yeah, they they drew it at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just it's a it's a it's it's sad times, man. Cause usually Sevilla is fighting for the four, you know, you always see Sevilla. They have that pedigree. They usually have that, that, uh, squad that can fight. And for whatever reason, they just like collecting one point this season. Yeah. It's not the last. I mean, that, that can't, that's not going to get you far. <laughs> well, talking about getting you far, we're going to jump over to Germany and, um, one of the yeah, so we talked about this already at the very beginning. What'll get you far is if Bayern win on a Saturday, four two against Heidenheim, and then Leverkusen come back on Sunday and win four nil against Union Berlin, who are currently in the Champions League, and they just keep getting results, right? I mean, this is just a club that's out on a mission. Xavi Alonso has these guys performing at peak position, like they held okay, right? Union Berlin had two shots the entire match. Two. Two shots. Yeah. 18 for Leverkusen, 10 on target, 69% possession. And you look at this, right? This lineup, you've got Hideki in goal. He's he's outstanding. You have Frimpong, Jaka, Palacios, Grimaldo. That's your midfield. Jonathan Ta is is manning your back, the back three. And then you have Jonas Hoffmann, Florian Wirtz. And Boniface up front. This is a squad that is built to win the league. I mean, this is this is as good as it's going to get as far as a challenger for Bayern Munich. No, I agree absolutely. Yeah, and this, I mean, this makes my day. Santa come early, you know. I this is a gift wrapped gift under my Christmas tree, man. I I'm telling you, it's going to make my season if I can see someone else win the Bundesliga. But look, this is how, you know, they spread it out, right? So Grimaldo gets a goal, Kusunu, Ta, and Tella. So it's just, uh, you know, the Boniface and Virch didn't even score this match and still Leverkusen nope. get up. They win 4-0. So it's just, it's just, it keeps, I, 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 they keep impressing me. They keep yeah. moving forward and doing the things that they need to do to win the league. Because we've talked about this, Nick. It's not the Bayern match that's either going to win you the league or not. Yeah. You have to beat these guys. You have to beat yeah. Werder Bremen. You have to beat Bochum. You have to beat yeah. Heidenheim. You got to get points when you need points. Three points matter. And yeah. Bayern don't drop these matches. No. I'll tell you what I took more out of the Leverkusen match okay. than anything is how bad Union Berlin are. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They they I mean, they have sunk to a, a level that I didn't think was possible this year. No, me neither. I mean, dude, we were just I was watching them ascent to the heavens, man. From from fourth tier purgatory up to first tier heaven eating with the gods and now you are flirting with second tier where it is the wild wild west. It's the concrete jungle. In order to survive down there, you have got to battle every single week. And just ask Hamburg, ask Schalke how bad it is down there. Union Berlin better wake up and wake up fast because they're they're running out of time. And I, I take that 
more so out of Leverkusen match than I do anything with Leverkusen. Sure, Leverkusen are doing great. Sure, we've seen them do good. They're battling Bayern Munich. But Lord have mercy, do I feel bad for Union Berlin. Yeah, I mean, so they've lost um, They've lost every match since August in the league. We're now in November. They, they're, they're winless in the last three months. They have one draw in the Champions League out of four matches. It, it's... I mean, it's historically bad right now. They they cannot they they win their first two matches in league play, and now they've won they've lost nine straight. They have a minus fifteen goal differential, which is second worst in the league, only to Darmstadt, who has a negative eighteen goal differential. And no one has lost as many consecutive matches as Union Berlin. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, how how do you turn this around? I mean, what do you do? the The mentality you, of this team. The only the so the only way you could I mean, I see it like right. You're if you're if you're on your million. This sometimes happens like when you get to Christmas break or the winter break. You you take whatever money you have and you invest it in in these uh, short term solutions. Um, it'd be kind of like if you were to say like, okay, you're going to take. 45-year-old Miroslav close it, right, to, to finish out the last three months, just as an example. Yeah. And you're going to put everything you can on that person's shoulder. So if, like, if you if you say, like, okay, well, we're going to get this aging striker, but it's, like, we're going we're gonna to put everything we can to save this, this season in the last three months. And they're not out of it. So yeah. one win – Puts them at nine points, and that gets you that gets you to fourteenth place where Bukum is right now because they've got nine. They can yeah. still easily save themselves, but I mean they've got to move now. There's there's uh, six matches left in the first half of the season in the Hinrund uh, Forunde, so uh, Hinrunde, sorry, yeah. and then then you have the Rukrunde after Christmas. So they're probably you might see Union Berlin make some purchases in the winter transfer window. To try and save, especially since there's since the bottom is so bad, uh, you know, four points away from Heidenheim in thirteenth, they're only five points off of Werder Bremen for twelfth. They're not out of it, but they got to start doing something now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, in January, if they, well, they get the long break. So let's say you know, middle January, February, things have got to be turned around like one hundred percent. Not no 180 where they just make a circle and keep going the same direction. They need a full 90-degree flip and head the complete opposite way because um, if not, we're going to end up seeing them with, you know, Kaiserslautern and, and all those boys, and they don't want to see that. I mean, they had a great rise just to see it all crumble right before our eyes, man. I feel terrible for them. I do. How about this one, right? So Stuttgart, I told you, right, right? They need Gerasi back, and he comes back this yep. week, and they just totally trounce BVB. Yep. Dortmund had five shots the entire match, only one shot on target the entire match. Stuttgart, 22 shots, 10 on target, 86% pass accuracy. They had 60% possession. Gerasi scores a penalty in the 83rd. They put away Dortmund. They still hold third place. This is a team that can – Easily finish Champions League if they stay healthy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, and then they will be dismantled also next year. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's those are the two teams that'll probably be dispersed the most out of everyone: Leverkusen and uh, Stuttgart. Yeah, but 
I, I mean, they needed Grassi, man. Clearly, he was he was it because uh, Dennis Undav, he couldn't finish to save his life. I mean, he had three goals in three matches, but for the last two, he couldn't he couldn't hit the side of a barn, you know. So to have Grassi back to get that goal really saved them because they were. I was I was having a hard time believing in Dennis, man. He he just he was looking terrible the last few matches. So him getting healthy was at the right time. As soon as they brought Grassi on, everything changed. Yeah, and I I love this one, right? So Leipzig, the 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 big uh, move in the table is that Dortmund fall out of the Champions League spots into Europa League at fifth, and Leipzig pass them in fourth. They just keep getting it done, right? Simon's uh, six-minute Openda got, as I said, he's just having a great season, 79-minute penalty. And then Christoph Baumgartner, 80th minute. They take care of Freiburg. This is a big match because Freiburg are always – they're they're always a banana peel you can slip on. But they were not uh, deterred, that being Leipzig. They now are in fourth place. Playing that 4-4-2, man, they got a, a, a solid back line. Excellent midfield and those two front, Openda and Shesko, they just yeah. keep getting it done. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and, and and so now you're looking at the Bundesliga. You're saying to yourself, okay, between, so between, so Hoffenheim are still in it in terms of like Champions League, Dortmund, and then Leipzig, and Stuttgart, Bayern, and Leverkusen. But really the top seven, Frankfurt's where it kind of ends because it drops off from then to, to uh, Freiburg in eighth. They have 18 yeah. points. So the top seven in Germany right now, very competitive. Uh, I think that this is this is uh, one of the tighter races in terms of like it goes outside even the top four. Oh, yeah. Since I've been – yeah, this is – usually it's wrapped up. We bring it up a lot, man. This is, this is the closest I've seen it since I can remember, man. I don't ever remember one being this close. And, I mean, you know – I can think back, you know, 10, 15 years, dude. So this is exactly what I wanted, man. We 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 caught on at the right time for this. Uh, I mean, this is, this is exactly what you want. And it's not just for Germany, man. We're, we're talking about everywhere, right? I mean, we brought that up right before the show. We were like, dude, we got every single country. We, we have something going on. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, the, like Europe is more competitive – in the top five leagues, and it's been, I mean, all of them. Are. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, like normally you talk about like Thanksgiving, as I said, you know, Bayern so far ahead, PSG so far ahead in the past, not the last four seasons, but like prior to that, Juventus has been so far ahead. But now you got Inter, you got Milan, you got, well, Napoli, but like Inter and Juve are in a, a tight battle. We'll get to them in a minute. But yeah, it's, it's everybody. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting the interesting club here, honestly, is is Frankfurt because they're so inconsistent. You know, they only have one loss, and that's that's fewer losses than Leipzig. That's fewer losses than Stuttgart, Bayern, and Leverkusen are the last two undefeated clubs in in, in the Bundesliga. But they have so many draws. Eintracht Frankfurt just one of those clubs that can't. You know, they they're undefeated in their last five. They have yeah. you know they haven't lost. They're pulling so a Leverkusen have won their last five in a row. Bayern's won their last five in a row. You know, Stuttgart had those two losses when Garassi went out with that hamstring injury. Leipzig lost last week before they won again uh, against Freiburg. Dortmund have lost back-to-back games. Shocker. You know, never saw that coming. And then Hoffenheim are inconsistent. But what's that Frankfurt? I mean, it's like they're I, – I can't quite figure them out, Nick. It's, it's you know, it's, it's this club that really wants to be good. 
but they ju- it's like they just can't. I mean, they beat Barcelona yeah. at the Camp Nou, right? So they, they yeah. won the Europa League. They were in the Champions League this time last season. They actually made it to the knockout stage of the Champions League. And here we are. We're talking about Frankfurt again. And they just – the only, so we can say this. The only reason they got to the Champions League is because they won the Europa League. They have yet to finish, actually finish, in the top four of the Bundesliga, yeah, right? So that's that's, that's the thing is I'm still waiting on that move to where they cement themselves as – Someone in the top. top yeah. Someone in the top, right? It's yeah. just not – it's not – it still hasn't come to fruition yet. So, no, I mean, absolutely. if if you had, you know, you have Goetze, you have these players that are, it's like this makeshift club and they've lost managers here and there. And, you know, they get the results, right? I mean, they beat Union last, uh, on November 4th, 3-0. Uh, they've, they're winning in the conference league. They beat H- HJK 1-0. But then they draw to Bitter Bremen 2-2. And it's just these things like, the, the match before that in the conference league, they won 6-0. Then they beat Hoffenheim the week before that, 3-1. But then they lose to to Kimi Leipzig in a cup match, 2-1. You know, it's like yeah. they're, they're so hard to figure out. Yeah, man. I, Frankfurt's like – it's funny because you bring that up and that's just what I think in my head. I never know what to expect from Frankfurt even since I started following because – they were so good, Andre Silva and and all those guys. It was right. such a good squad. I, I mean, I, it's funny. I don't even know where he is now, and he's probably still playing somewhere. But they were so good, and then they would play so well in those competitions. But you just never know what you're going to get out of them, man. It's like, you know, it's like getting a gift from someone. You just yeah, Silva's so playing for uh, Real Sociedad. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. See, yeah, he's, I, playing, he's, play, he's playing Champions League. Okay. Yeah. See, there, there you go from Frankfurt to Sociedad and uh, uh, it, Frankfurt's just that team. You don't know what you're going to get, man. Cause sometimes they can have some bad showings. I mean, I watched them in one of their Europa games this season. They ended up winning like one or two, nothing, but it took them to like the 80th minute, just grinding and grinding. Trying well, this to get was a grinder ball. against Bremen. They were down two nil yeah. and then they come back and score two, uh, 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 Skiri and, uh, Smocic. They score 10 minutes apart, but they have to, they have to salvage for a two, two draw against Werder Bremen. You know what I mean? It's like, not, yeah, not, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying yeah. to put Werder Bremen down, but it was at the Baser Stadion. So it was in, it was on the road. So, you know, but, it's it's still it's like if you're going to be one of the upper upper echelon in Germany, you have to be able to win this type of match, and you have to be able to put this thing away, not constantly having to come from behind yeah. and rely on these 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 heroic efforts, right? But they have yeah. players like so, for instance, like you know, um, in their midfield, you know, Philip Mox, he's a great player, came from Augsburg, he was a borderline national team player. They're, they've got they've got some talent. It's just that it, it it's never quite coming together. That's that's like yeah. my frustration with Frankfurt. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that. Yeah, I've, I agree with you. I mean, it's just these grinding out matches. That's it's the reason the reason why we don't see them in the top four. Man, they can never kind of take that upper hand. They always seem to go down or, or just have to win in those late few minutes. Right. And, and doing that, man, you're never going to be able to be the Leverkusen of the year or the beat Bayern Munich in, in the title race. Like, it just will not happen, you know? 
No, sadly, no, it, it won't. And um, But we did have something else. We had something else that did happen this past week, and, and we talked about it. We joked about it. We laughed about it. And now we can kind of – what, what what happened was that Leon finally won a damn match. Um, yeah. Granted, yeah. they needed rent. They needed rent to get a red card, and yeah. they score in the 67th minute. After, mind you, Ren were down to 10 men for 85 minutes. Yeah, it's, I mean, ridiculous what it takes for Leon, a former French giant, to win a, 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 a just just a match in the league, just to win a yeah. match. But Nick, uh, we have talked ad nauseum about Leon this season, and here they get a win. So. Let's be honest, though. This is scraping the bottom of the barrel, right? No, big time. Well, you saw, we talked about it, the other two at the bottom, well, Lorient lost, but Claremont won. So they just, they got closer to Lorient, of course, but they, you know, Claremont won. So they're just still sitting at that bottom spot, man. But hey, they're amazing to me. You look at Leon's roster, right? You have former Liverpool center back Dejan Lovren. You have yeah. Alexander Lacazette played for Arsenal. Quarantine Tolisso played for Bayern Munich. This this squad has names. This is like this isn't trash, you know. They have the players. They got the names. They just they they aren't putting it together on the pitch. Is the problem. And I mean, I don't know how what's going on with the manager. They have an Italian uh, a manager, a young manager too. And I just oh, Tommy Fico too. Don't forget about him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Fico. Yeah, the like for yeah. Ajax. I mean, you know, yeah. no, he, he's definitely, definitely. They definitely have the quality. It's just I don't know if they have the right captain per se. You know, the captain of the ship, not on the field, but the the right manager. I mean, it has to be something. Not to I mention mean, the fact that I will say Tommy Fico is also a World Cup winner. Now he was he was. Uh, um, part of the 2022 World Cup title-winning Argentine side, and he also was in the starting lineup in the final against France. So yeah. they, 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 Leon do not lack experience and talent. Oh, no. I mean, you got Lacazette. I mean, he's a – he 20, 30 goals every season, you know? I mean, Yeah, but Arsenal can ruin your career. You know that. Yeah, I don't count those years. I mean, God, that's <laughs> – yeah, that's that's. I was saying, I was saying, Arsenal. Some for there was a while there after Arsene Wenger where you went to Arsenal to die. You know, yeah, absolutely. Asshole Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah, <laughs> Pierre. Yeah, Uba. Good old Uba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uba will be playing tomorrow for for Gabon. Yeah, so it, how he does? It's it's just where it's just it's just not a, it's not a place. Arsenal's one of those places where you just kind of go. To well, it used to be where you go to die. I mean, it's, you know, I look at but, Sanchez, dude. Sanchez did it. I know we're getting off here, but Alexis Sanchez, dude, one of the greatest. I mean, fastest, awesome striker up front, just goal scoring machine. And God, he stepped on the yeah, bench for yeah. For, or no, he did that for United. He did good for Arsenal. He he. So he died at United. Oh my goodness. So he went from Arsenal to United to die. What a. What a switch up there! Yeah, that just hit me. You well, remember player, now? Now United with just United, you go yeah. there to die. Yes, they it's spend nice. big money on you, and you go and you absolutely just piss off. Crumble. That's what you do. Yeah. Yes. You forget. Yeah. You forget how to play football. You forget how to play. <laughs> bad managers, bad ownership, American owners, the Glazers. Yeah. Keep yeah. your eyes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't worry about Manchester United. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, exactly. But and, as and a I, Liverpool yeah. supporter, run them in the ground. That's all for all I care. You know, yeah. I and mean, they've done a yeah. great job of that the last ten years. 
And I, I was saying that about Lyon. Their women are doing great. I mean, they just they're they're in Champions League kicking tail. I mean, and, and and then the owner was at the Botafogo game when Palmeiras came back and beat them. So Leon guys, the Leon got the owner who seems to care. He seems to care. So let's see if he can turn this around. If he can save them from relegation, I'm gonna give the guy some credit. Nick, who's the only undefeated team in Liga? For Nice. Yes. Who yeah. has? Who who has so this who has the second highest draw total in league on? Monaco. No, well, yes, they do, but no, oh, wow. sorry, no, Monaco has three draws. No, Nice. Nice has five draws. That's oh, second only yeah. yeah, that's the same. So, but there's seven wins, five draws, no losses. Here's the thing though. We talk about this. You and I talked about this ad nauseum about their goal, the goals allowed. They have four goals allowed, which is absolutely Stunning defense. There is nobody else even place in Europe in the top leagues as far as goals allowed. But, Nick, they can't score either. 13 goals for, that is the lowest total in the top five in France. Rams has 15. uh, Excuse me. No, Rams has 17. Lille has 15. Monaco, 25. PSG, 29. And Nice, 13. But... Somehow, they keep getting it done. So PSG's won five on the bounce. Nice has won four of their last five. The only one they didn't win was a draw, and that was this past weekend, a nil-nil. So what they did do, though, was they conceded first place to PSG this past weekend. So I'm going to ask you this straight up, right? Yeah. Is this the last we hear of Nice? Is PSG going to take this lead? They're just this is it? This is the this is the end of the French League? This is We're going to call it before Thanksgiving? Oh, my God. Or... Is it still within grasp for Monaco and for Nice? Can they come back from this? I guess it all depends on PSG if they can continue to win. I I don't – I would put my money on PSG just because that's what they normally do. And France will probably be the first league we can say is kind of looking like it's done. But – it could change. Nice just can't score goals. Could you imagine if they turn two or three of those zero zeros into a one or two zero? They would be in front by nine points right now. I mean, so they like they they, they have coming up. Right, look at their schedule. They play Toulouse, they play Nantes, and then they play Rams. Rams is in fifth place. That's the big one, right? That's that's a big one. Then La Havre, and then they play Lens, and that. Again, that's not a that they're in sixth place, so they're again a direct competitor for Europe. So, and then PSG, they play Monaco coming up again after the international break. That's massive. That's huge. Then they play Newcastle in the Champions League. Then La Havre. Then Nantes. Then they play Dortmund, which they'll probably win three 0 And then Lille. Um, so again, that you know, Lille is uh, competitive. You know they're they're in you know um, they're in the top there of of, of yeah. France. So it's yeah it's, they're in you know, they're top in Europe four. Yeah. So I mean, I I think this is going to stay close. Nice has this one advantage that you can't score on them. They just need to get some grinders and yeah. go and score because if they yeah. do that, they can hold on to that lead. Yeah, get one goal and you're good. That's that's like what Chelsea did when they. Won the title with Conte. You know, they score one or two, you're done because you can't score versus that team. I mean, that team was 
did Chelsea with 15, 16 goals that season they allowed? And and Nice looks like they're doing the same thing. It's just the only problem is Chelsea yeah. had Diego Costa and Hazard. Nice doesn't have Diego Costa and Hazard. So No, they don't. No, they you don't. Got, you got to get someone who can get you that one or two nothing so you can win instead of drawing all these matches and looking up at PSG like, hey, what what's going on? I mean, you got to have – Someone who can score these goals. Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah, the, the whole point of football is to score goals. It's it, but you know, you're, you're, the, the, so here's the thing: if you're a relegation side, if you're a side that just got promoted, the goal is to not concede goals. That's yeah. that's that you need a solid defense to stay up. But if you are contending for a title. The goal is to score goals. Yeah. And right now, Nice is just not doing enough of that for my liking. No. Nope. For me to consider them serious challengers to PSG. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree. And and sadly, this will probably be the one league that we can kind of fade away from here coming up soon. But we could be wrong, man. Maybe, you know, Nice picks up somebody because they have Moffy. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name from – um, the other French side, the the Nigerian who's actually called up, who will be playing tomorrow, who's scoring goals for Nigeria, and he last year he was one of the top scorers in the French league. So they have people who could, but you just got to get them to score those goals, man. You've got to finish the goals. You can't be like Nicholas Jackson. You can't be like, you know, uh, uh, Marcus Rashford. You got to finish your chances. And get your team up, and Nice is looking like they just don't have that guy, man. Right, if that's, they, that's they're missing that. Right. If they did, then they would be up eight points right now with P versus PSG. You know, hundred percent, especially that defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, uh, moving over to Italy real quick. So Inter still top. They get a nice win over Frosinone two nil. Hakan Chanalolu forty eighth minute penalty. Federico De Marco forty third. Enter just taking care of business, right? Business as usual. 21 shots, six on target. Didn't really give a damn about possession because they were doing stuff when it when they did have it. And it's just business as usual. They are uh, 10 wins, one draw, one loss. Excellent start to the season for Enter. But right behind them, a familiar face that had faded off in the last three years. Not always in the top four over that time period as they've gone through what we would call a rebuild and they still have... Max Allegri, who won those, uh, was it seven or eight Scudettos in a row there for Juventus, then he left, and then now he's back. So Juventus and Inter, both undefeated in their last five. Juventus have won five on the bounce. That's 15 out of 15. Inter have won four on the bounce, and the one before that was a draw. So they have taken 13 points out of 15. This is looking like a really good title race. Milan are in third by a distance. They're third by six points. Napoli... In the top four, they sacked their manager. Really smart decision. He just won you Scudetto. Let's get rid of him. It makes perfect sense to me. You're in the Champions League. You're doing well. You're in a Champions League spot right now in the league. You win their first league title since Diego Maradona was playing for you. Let's sack him. Let's give him the good old sack, right? So they do yeah. that. Really smart, I think, in, in Napoli's case, because now they can really plummet down to the to the depths of the ocean. But Atalanta's on their heels. 20 points, so is Fiorentina. And then... Your favorite club? No, sorry. 
uh, Lazio is your favorite club. Roma and Lazio played a nil-nil, stunningly exciting derby draw in Rome, uh, nil-nil. And uh, But here's the thing. If you look at it outside of the top two, which is fantastic, Inter and Juve, obviously that is the rivalry in, in, in Italian football. Inter and Juve is the, is, is, is the, is the be-all, do-all. It's not called... Uh, the Derby d'Italia for no reason, right? I mean, it is, it is, it is their, it's, that's the Yankees Red Sox of Italy right there. Absolutely. Behind them is Milan, behind them is Napoli. But between Milan in third place and between Lazio in 10th place, Nick, only six points. So, talking about this over the weekend, Napoli, though, lay a massive egg against Empoli. Yeah. And, that's I mean, why. So let's talk a little bit about the sacking. They lose yeah. in the 90th plus one. Kovalenko scores to break the draw. They go up 1-0. Empoli holds on. A match that statistically Napoli dominated. Yeah. So I want to know your thoughts, Nick, about this sacking. And if you think that they pulled the trigger too early on this, especially after the success they had last season. No, I mean... There was issues behind the scenes, man, that we just we don't know about. There was stuff going on with um, Oshiman. Oshiman, yeah, yeah. There was just stuff going on with the team, man. Personal issues going on, and the manager bit the dust. I, I really feel, I really feel the top was waiting for a reason, and this loss to Napoli when you're like a two goal favorite was just a reason to say, hey, man, this is it. You're gone because, I mean, Oshman doesn't even want to play right now. And I attribute it to, you know, all that that behind-the-scenes stuff going on with them laughing at his penalty misses and calling him a coconut, you know. I, not just that, but behind, in the dressing room, he was having issues reportedly with the manager and with the club. So someone had to go, man. You're talking about one of the best strikers in Europe. I mean, Victor Oshman you you can you can attest to this he could play anywhere i mean the guy could start for any club on this earth and in order for them to kind of try to bridge or patch stuff up and get it changed they fired the manager i mean that's what i'm that's what i'm getting out of this and and was it a good move we really won't know but like you said man the guy just won the title for you how do you just how do you ask the guy like that? There has to be stuff going on that we just don't know about. Yeah, it has to be something um, Some- off the pitch, right? Because it's not you can't you can't knock this guy for his performance. And I think if you're if you're a Napoli supporter, okay, if you expected them to follow it up with another Scudetto, then you're you're either on drugs or you're unrealistic because yeah. they weren't going to do that. You've won one title in 32 years. Okay. Yeah. And and Diego Maradona was on your club was on your roster the last time you won. Okay. Last year was special. Inter had a little bit of a down year. Juventus still in the rebuild. Milan collapsed at the end. So Napoli finally, after chasing Juve for all those years in the twenty teens, they finally get it. And I'm happy for them. That's great. Napoli, that's good when you have a Serie A that is competitive, where you have three different or sorry, if you go back to fourth year, four different winners in four years. Juventus, Milan. Inter and Napoli. Um, that's fantastic. But you're not – the one thing 
that none of them have done so far is win back-to-backs. And Napoli wasn't going to win a back-to-back. But if you make the top four the next season, which right now they're in a top four spot, it, it doesn't that, – that's so irrational yeah. to sack your manager. Yeah, I agree. It was out the I blue. Don't so, so get this straight, right? Like, So Eric Sevenhog can lose at Manchester United to his heart's content, and he looks like a clueless, bald idiot out there. And he's got, uh, I mean, how many billions or millions of dollars or pounds or whatever, euros on that pitch? And they're just like, ah, you know, whatever. We'll play 1-0 against Luton. We're going to lose to Copenhagen, which is the, you know, uh, name of a a can of dip here in the United States. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, but they're like, yeah, we're not going to get rid of him. But Napoli aren't that far off of where they were last season in terms of securing a top four spot, getting that money from the champions league this season, securing it for next season way too early to sack the manager when you're in fourth place. In my opinion. No, it was, it was definitely out. When I saw it, I was like, Jesus, man, what did the man do? Did he get caught stealing money or like, you know, was he, harassing people or something but no man they they got rid of him well you made a great point right because of the whole oceanman uh saw yeah i think that's it man you got a superstar and he won and they fired the manager instead of selling oceanman and the manager is gone now oceanman can come back into the club score his goals and do his thing because if not, they were going to sell him in January or at the end of the season and keep the manager. I just feel one of them had to go and we saw who got the ax. Yeah. Do you remember? So, uh, Fiorentina, they went two one over Bologna. Remember Bonaventura, he scores 17th minute. Hey, former Bayern, uh, second team legend, Joshua Zirksi. Remember that guy? Yeah. He's, he's playing, down there, yeah. Bologna man penalty in the thirty third, you know, consolation prize. But the, I've been keeping an eye on this kid, man, because if I remember during the COVID year, he, he was started good. some matches for the first team for Bayern and was actually pretty damn good. Very good. I agree. I keep. I still watch him. Him and then there's a guy Bayern had who had the same name as Latan Ibrahimovic, and he's killing it somewhere too. I'm telling you that. The Bayern two, Zirzi and this other guy, they they're they're good and and keep your eye out for him because he could have still played for Bayern Munich. I I'm still wondering why they did that because I thought he would be a mainstay for Bayern Munich. Well, see the thing is, Nick, like it's the same thing you could say about Gravenberg, right? So I mean, the guy's a phenomenal talent. He fit right. He's fit right into Jurgen Klopp's system. He's going to be a Liverpool legend if he doesn't get injured. I think, I mean, that's the next kit that I buy, hands down. Yeah. Bayern doesn't have space for all these kids. It's the same way that, you know, uh, for example, Liverpool let Rian Brewster go. You know, I mean, you can't, Dominic Solanke, that's the same thing. He was playing for Liverpool. You can't, you can't, keep, like, you can't, there's not a spot for everybody, right? So that's, yeah. that's my thought behind it is that Bayern, is is just so loaded. I mean, where's 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 Zixay going to fit in on this on this particular? No, you're, you're right. You know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Someone does have to go. It just it was, it was crazy. It was they picked him because he was just so fun to watch and so good, you know. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. You can only fit so many people on that pitch. You can't have 16, 
you know, strikers running around. So the big one though was Milan's chance to gain some points, right? They play Lecce and they have a they have a, a, a two nil lead, Nick. Milan has a two a two nil lead and in the span of four minutes it evaporates against yeah. Lecce. Yeah. So that that was the big surprise in Italy is that Milan with the chance to 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 you know um, keep pace with Inter and Juve, they they drop. I mean, Giroud scores in the twenty eighth minute, and then Rangers scores in the thirty fifth, and then Giroud gets sent off in stoppage time, which yeah. is yeah, he gets a red card. Um, this is just a complete meltdown. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, uh, from from yeah, start to finish. I mean, yeah. yeah com- on the pitch, man. It was so now instead of twenty five points and being four clear of Napoli, they're twenty three points. They're six back of Juve. They're eight back of Inter, and they're only two ahead of Napoli. And honestly, only three ahead of Atalanta and Fiorentina. So the top three through six could change any weekend. So Milan, yeah. Milan are now, I would say solidly playing for a top four spot, they are out of the title picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they playing like that, you know, dropping points to the team like that. You're definitely not going to be with Inter and Juve. I feel like we said it earlier that, that you got this two headed two horse race, man, up top and, and it's going to come down to those two who can hold on the longest, you know? Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's it's, it's going to be a two horse race, and there's no two better horses to be in that race than those. Exactly, two. no two I'd rather see than these two right here. All right, well we got a um, we have a break next week, obviously from club football breaks my heart. But Nick, let's talk real quickly. What is on the menu? What is on the menu these next few days for international football? We have. European Championship qualifiers. Yeah, we have Asian qualifiers, and as you said, it's not American Samoa and Chinese yeah. Taipei Wingding. Yes, Taiping whatever. Yeah, uh, or Japanese Samoa or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's actually like the big boys, like Iran. The, the you know the, the 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 players, if you will, in Asia. Yeah, and yeah. Um, but let's start off in Europe. What do we let's 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 look at let's look at what we have coming up there. Uh, Europe this today. So Switzerland. Talk about Switzerland today, real quick. Today was one-one draw. They they could have secured the spot with a win, and they could not beat Israel. Hungarian side Puskas Academy was so nice to uh, let Israel use their home to play this match, and they get a late equalizer to crush the Swiss's hopes for the Euro qualifying. Um, to finish out world Euro qualifying. So they have to win the next match or not lose the next match. And they, they go in. Um, that was the only match played today. And that was so Israel could catch up with their fixtures. You know, the, your um, UEFA was so kind to let them, you know, get a chance to, to qualify and play these matches. So that happened today. Well, let me ask you about that. Right. So Israel's only two points ahead of Kosovo. Yes, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. Um, but they are Romania and Switzerland still control that group. But Switzerland, right? They have they in their last five matches, they've drawn four out of their last five. They haven't lost any, but they've drawn no. four of the last five. But they still control their own destiny. Yeah, don't because lose because 
They're mm-hmm. in first place at 16 points, and they have a better goal differential than Romania. So Switzerland, I would still venture to say they make it across the finish line. 100%. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not disputing that at all. I still think Romania pull it out too, just because they have one of the best defenses in this competition. Um, but it, you never freaking know, man. You just, you never know. Seeing Germany lose to Macedonia, I'll never say I know who's going to win in these games because, well, I mean, I can say, but I'm just never shocked anymore. That one match alone changed my thinking as to international matches. Thanks to Timo Werner missing a few sitters. Of course, what else is new, but it's pretty much locked up. I will agree with you there. Swiss and Romania are going to come out of there, but we got to see this one out, you know? Right. Okay. Um, so here's some big ones. Okay. Let's throw these out Friday, this Friday, November 17th. Yeah. Two days from now. Normally I would tell you, right. Uh, but we've been burned by this before this exact same situation. I would say Italy versus North Macedonia, a minnow versus a giant. But as we both know, North Macedonia can and will beat Italy when it comes yeah. to crunch time. They've done it before. They've done it on the biggest stage of them all. Yeah, so, the biggest time of their life. Yeah. Then on the flip side of that, we have the Netherlands versus Ireland. Netherlands have they, – they need wins, right? They We're looking yeah. at – so so if we're looking at uh, where people are and the placement – Italy's in third place right now, Nick. They are three points. They have a game. They have a match in hand, but they're three points right now back of Ukraine. North Macedonia, they're out of it, but they can play spoiler. So that's I. This has got to be a. This has got to be a win for Italy. They have got to win. And then on the flip side of that, the Netherlands are in second place right now, and currently as it stands, they've won four of their last five. They would be in the European Championship as it stands right now, if it ends, but they are also level on points with Greece. They have a better goal differential. Excuse me. They don't have a better, they beat them head to head, but they have a match in hand. So these are two big countries, Nick, where we just expect to hear their names called when it comes time for making the groups and the draws in the European championship. How do you see this playing out? Ireland, all they can do is play spoiler. Yeah, I'm going to predict the Netherlands beat Ireland, and I'm going to predict that Italy are going to probably draw. I think they're going to get a draw with North Macedonia. That's not going to be enough because what that does is that puts them at seven matches played, two points behind the Ukraine at that point, and that's that's now it's a sprint to the finish to see who can who can who can get to the uh, the European Championship in the Group C. Yeah, no, I. I... With Italy, man, you can't, you can never put a finger on them, man. You just can't. This isn't, this isn't 2002, man. You know, you, I've been hurt so much by them. It's just, it's that love hate. It's like BVB, man. I I don't want to touch them. Stay far away as I can because they will break your heart. They will absolutely crush your dreams. I'm talking about, we looked at the stats the other one episode. They had, what, 30-something shots, and they lost to Macedonia to a guy who played for freaking Palermo six years ago. So 
I, I mean, you got to give it to Italy and think they can pull it off. But like you said, man, the draw is not a stretch. And no, no Italy, they're probably going to blow it. They just won the Euros last time, the COVID Euros. They'll be a little star there. But they won it. But will they be able to get in this one? I just don't quite know. I don't necessarily see it not happening, and I don't necessarily see it happening. I mean, this is North Macedonia. This will They will spoil – they will break your hearts, man. Okay. But this is an even bigger match. And we're going to talk about this one. This is this is this is the last of the Europeans we're going to talk about. And we'll look at Asia, right? On Monday, November 20th, this is where it all comes to the breaking point. War torn. Under attack, under siege. Putin yeah. is blowing your head off left and right. But Ukraine is playing Italy. For all the marbles yeah. on this in coming Monday. In Leverkusen. In I Leverkusen. Because Ukraine, because yeah. you know that I said Putin was going to nuke the Italian national team yeah. by accident. That would be a big, I mean, you know, at that point, we all got to get involved, right? Big time. You can't oh, have yeah. you can't have the Azuri being blown up by a comrade Putin. Not at all. So, no. yeah, nope. So that 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 was the real match I kind of was looking at. I think that's probably that's the, the one that I'm looking at, right? You've got that circle yeah, on your calendar, right? That was probably, of course, that's probably the most important match because you know some a game like Poland and the Czech, like who cares? Yeah, sure, it's a spot in the Euros, but you're going to get beat. But Ukraine and Italy could actually contend more so Italy. But this is a big one, man, and it's in Leverkusen. It's on neutral ground. It's going to be big. I mean, this is going to be on TVs all across the country, not necessarily ours, but all over the Euro- European uh, TVs, man. This is a a, a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest Euro qualifier we've seen yet. Yeah, this is this is this is where I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. I mean, Italy have the chance to do some damage against North Macedonia, but this is where you clinch it or you lose it right here. Yeah. Absolutely, because Ukraine doesn't have another match. If Ukraine simply this, Italy win against Macedonia, they're tied. If Italy draw, they get the one point. Then Italy has no choice but to win. All Ukraine have to do, no matter what Italy does, is Ukraine have to win. I mean, if they beat Italy or draw, I'm, I don't know how goal differential is. It looks like they're almost the same. Look at this. Italy's ele- scored 11. Ukraine scored 11. Ukraine's led in eight. Italy's led in seven. That's crazy. That's like w- one less goal Italy's given up. So Ukraine has to win unless Italy gives up another goal to Macedonia, correct? So, yeah, let's see what happens in Macedonia. And then, goodness gracious, that, that game Monday is going to be 245. Uh, we're we're going to have our eyes on that one. We'll definitely be. Oh, two big ones real quick before we go uh, to Asia. Yeah. Um, big, big, big ones. Tomorrow, 7 p.m., Nick, Colombia, Brazil, World Cup qualifier. Yeah. the ball. Okay? Yeah. Set Brazil, seven points so far. They've underachieved in the first four matches. Colombia has six points. So this yeah. is this is a big one, and then we also have Argentina and Uruguay tomorrow. Yeah. You know my boy, you you know you know who I'm talking about from Uruguay. Yeah. You know yeah. he's going to be out there banging goals against against Argentina, right? Absolutely. Liverpool's finest. Yeah, he's doing great. I want to say Uruguay. Yes, coming in, coming in strong. 
Yeah, Uruguay is the sleeper of the tournament so far of the qualifying because they are up top Brazil on goal differential, but they they just beat Brazil for the first time, I think, in – I mean, it was like 10 or 12 years. No, man. I think it was like 21 years. 20, yeah, that's right. It was like 20, that, yeah. since 2000. Yeah. And and um, what's his name has Uruguay the lead, ex Leeds manager they have him they have them playing uh, just lights out man um, Belisa ball yeah they're playing Belisa ball yeah and they cannot be stopped I mean Darwin scoring goals left and right uh, Uruguay and, and Argentina tomorrow night is going to be heck of a match man Tuesday November twenty first Brazil Argentina seven thirty p.m. Yep. Right before Thanksgiving. That's the oh, big one, right? That's 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 yep. the ultimate rivalry in South American football. Yep, right before Thanksgiving. I will definitely be having that on the TVs at work. Uh, that is going to be something that I got to watch for sure. So we got a couple big ones in, in South America also. We also yeah, – By kicking- the way, you also said that like Uruguay – Darwin Nunez scored in that game against Brazil, by the way. He opened the scoring yeah. up. And yeah, Brazil Darwin. only had two shots that entire match. That was two yeah. shots. And mind you, with the lineup, let's just listen to this. Listen to this lineup. The, the keeper is Ederson. The back four is Gabriel, Marquinhos, Couto, August, Augusto. The, uh, the, the two uh, holding midfielders, the number sixes, are Guimaraes and Casemiro. The midfield is... Vinicius Jr., Neymar, and Rodrigo, and up front, Gabriel Jesus. They got two shots the entire match, and none of them on target. It's just unreal. Yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, believe me, I was highly upset that match. I wasn't expecting that at all. And what's funny is, is I should have known because I watched Uruguay very close, and they they just outplayed them, man. Brazil looked terrible. That was probably the worst showing for Brazil in, in almost 20 years. Yeah, and that's what I think um, you're going to start to see things change when uh, Carlo Ancelotti takes over Brazil. You're going to start to see some, yeah. some changes. But, like, if you look at Argentina, up front you've got Gonzalez, Alvarez, Messi, midfield, Fernandez, Liverpool legend McAllister. I say that with a tongue-in-cheek. DePaul, Tagliafico, Altamendi, Romero, Montiel, and Martinez in goal. So, again, there's um, a lot of star power here. Argentina versus Brazil. You know, it doesn't matter what the records are. It doesn't matter who has what points. All that matters is it's those two names and those two badges on the kits, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, man. You – it's – yeah, this is just – it's been good so far. I mean, this is all you can ask for. When you go, right. it's it sucks we go on these breaks for club ball, but at least we get some some action, you know. Well, we were talking real quick. This is how we're gonna we're gonna kind of end with this. So the the Asian qualifiers for World Cup. So Japan's playing Myanmar, which I, yeah. is Burma. Yeah. Uh, I know Rocky Balboa. No, sorry, not Rocky Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> was fighting wars there uh, as recently as like 2006. They it were was, still blowing yeah. each other's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a war torn country. I'm not even sure what government runs Burma at this point. I think it's, I think it's just whatever. Yeah. So Japan's playing them. Uh, I guess it's this morning or this coming morning at 5 a.m. Yeah. Australia, Bangladesh, South Korea, Singapore, 
Philippines, Vietnam. I'm, I'm just not seeing, you know, we talked about Iran, but Iran's playing Hong Kong, which. Yeah. Um, the six, six goal favorite. So I will say for being that I watch this and I keep how does up Hong with- Kong. I'm sorry. I, I you know, I, I consider myself a very educated football historian, yeah. but I, last I looked, Hong Kong was a city. Am I wrong? They became a kind of a national team. They became a country, man. They they dispersed from. I think it was China. British. If you if you say something like pro U.S. anti China, China just like puts you in a labor camp if you live yeah. in Hong Kong. But like, how does Hong Kong have a national? I don't understand. It's like if New York City had a national team. Yeah, independent <laughs> from the U.S. Like, how the hell does Hong Kong have their own national team? I'm I'm lost here. But Iran yeah. will beat them. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, so what you were saying is like the 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 number you have uh Saudi Arabia and Pakistan. That, that that's um yeah. Okay. So that that so I'm just I'm looking at these matches, you know, it's it, none of the big boys are playing the other big boys if that makes sense. No, yeah. No, so this yeah, it's Tuesday this, November 21st is the one that's kind of interesting because you have China playing South Korea. And China wants to be good, and South Korea actually is good. Yeah. Um, so I expect Son to be, you know, bagging braces or, or hat tricks against the Chinese. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, what is it here that you're looking at? Because you had brought this to my attention. About, oh, shit, North Korea's playing. Damn. Yeah, so North Korea. Yeah, North Korea's playing. And if I'm not mistaken, they are at home. And I love seeing them getting battered. I wouldn't want to be at home in North Korea because you, if you no. look at the wrong statue the wrong way, you're going to a labor camp, bro, for five years. Yeah. You're ne- you'll never leave. Kim Jong Un will have you haven't he'll he'll make you start chipping rocks down with your little chisel. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. And yeah, not only never- that, but North Korea is in the same group with Japan, and Japan, you know is outspoken against North Korea politically. So yeah. that's just got like, we got That's like, as the world turns type of soap opera right there. Right. No, I don't know how it happened. I literally saw North Korea was there and playing and I'm like, how did they get paired? Oh, are, they, are they actually playing in Pyongyang for real? I think let's so. See. Uh, let me look at this. Let's see. Uh, North Korea is going to imprison Syria. Oh no, it's at Prince Abdullah. Yeah, Alpha Sol Stadium. So they're gonna. They're so, North, so so Syria's gonna be safe for a little while longer. Yes, yes. They they don't have to worry. But about if they go to North Korea and they don't bow down to the Grand Master or the Supreme Leader in in the parade, then they're gonna all be in prison. Dude, I want to say Syria is not even that big of a favorite. Like, holy cow, they should demolish the freaking. Koreans, dude. North Korea is terrible at football, dude. I'm telling you, I've seen. You know, it. in my mind, I was thinking at the like, I didn't know FIFA even let North Korea compete because they're basically uh, a rogue nation. No, they do. They get their chance, man. They give them their chance, and then they just. But it's also like, if North Korea loses their matches, all the whole team gets put into a labor camp. Yeah, you'll never see them again. You'll never see them. Again. <laughs> nope. I, I don't know. Man. I just this these Asian qualifiers are just like there's so much like turmoil. Well, right, yeah, right. Right now it's it's a little chopped up because it's the first. This is the opening round. But when you start to see you know the the bigger teams play each other, it gets a little bit more exciting. But just seeing it, it's just 
I don't know. It's kind of nostalgic because this is what got me into football. Afghanistan you know? and Kuwait are playing. That's a, yeah, yeah. Qatar. So, so, so again, so here's my question: Is this Afghanistan? It's like basically Taliban United. I get basically. Yeah, this is a, isn't the Taliban and the government? They run the government there, right? Yeah, they so do. You got, ta- you got Taliban United versus Kuwait. So that's. I mean. I don't know. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. No, I, it's thing. gonna it's gonna be funny seeing these teams these teams who haven't played in a while play. So Asia will be in a mess for a little bit, but the the African ones are kicking off also, and we're gonna. I want to say your boy Salah will be playing tomorrow and Nigeria, so we get that kicking yeah. off also. Well, Africa is so, always good. There's always competitive football there. There's, I mean, a, a tremendous amount of talent. So you're always gonna get your matches there. I'm just saying. If you're looking at this, if you're looking at Asia, what you want to see is South Korea, Australia. You want to see Iran, Iran, right, Iran yeah. versus South Japan. Korea, Australia. Japan is a power. Yeah. But Tajikistan and Jordan, unless yeah, it's Michael can... Jordan, I really don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some really shoddy ones. Palestine versus Lebanon. Yeah. And then like, Iraq is playing Indonesia. Iraq's pretty. Iraq's pretty competitive. They, they you know, they got a decent squad. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're a decent favorite tomorrow. November twenty first or Tuesday, Vietnam versus Iraq. I think uh, it's the Vietnamese women. They just made the World Cup for the first time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. They so. did. Yeah, because we talked about that, and they yeah. were. Yeah. We. It, look like a team of guys i think we yeah so i'm thinking uh so just based on this i'm thinking we're going to be paying attention to the european qualifiers the african uh stuff and then also uh the where was i going with this uh world cup qualifiers in south america this asian the asian world cup qualifiers are it's just not it's just just not enough of the big players playing each other it's it's a lot of it's, it's, it's a lot of mismatches the third round is when these is is it gets a little better because you'll have the top eight, which will be the teams we named, and they'll be fighting for those four spots. That's when it gets juicy. Yeah, I just hope that some of these people don't look at the wrong statue the wrong way. That's all. Oh yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I mean because no, if you do, you know what the incredible. you know what the yeah. price is, man. Yeah. Bow down never, to the supreme leader. You better bow down to the supreme never. leader. But you have to bow down to all of them. You have to bow down to his dad and his grandfather and him. Yeah. And if Dennis Robbins there, you got to bow down to him too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. All right. Well, um, look, um, I hear mom's about to turn the lights out on the basement. So uh, any final thoughts before we had I mean, like you said, we were, we talked a lot about promotion relegation, you know, something I'm very passionate about. I know you're passionate about it. And just, you know, come one final thought from coming from the Holy City where they they obviously lost this past weekend in, in dramatic fashion. But, you know, you want to be able to have something at the end of this at the end of the season you can be proud of and also where you can build. And that's the problem, I feel like, with American football right now is that we yeah. can't build it just if you're yeah. not an MLS it's not a sustainable project and all these yeah. players basically move on to bigger and better things. And that's what sucks. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, with closing, I just wish that we could push more and, and have that option for the pro rail. But I mean, until these owners wise up and see that it's detrimental to the big picture, then it just won't change, you know? Um, 
other than that, man, I, I just, I'm really excited. We get a, at least a week to see some international and then we can jump right back into the big Liverpool and city match. And, uh, yeah, we, we can well, keep don't watching. Forget too, uh, after the break, we have PSG and Monaco. Yeah, that's, that's true. That, that's that's Friday. actually that's going to start the week off. Um, that's, that's Friday. The day, so on Black Friday, while some yeah. of us are buying big screen TVs and new Air Jordans, yeah, the PSG is going to be playing Monaco at three yeah. p.m. So that's that's a big one. And then Nice yeah. is playing Toulouse. So if Monaco can draw with PSG and Nice can beat Toulouse, then we are right back on in France. Like we yeah. have ourselves a little bit of um, a, a, a competition there. And then in the Bundesliga, you know, that that's going to have obviously a little bit of drama because in Germany you have Wolfsburg's playing Leipzig, Dortmund's playing Mönchengladbach, so the battle of the Borussias. Eintracht Frankfurt, who we just talked about, was, you know, hey, they only got one loss. They're playing Stuttgart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 Leverkusen's playing Cologne. And Union Berlin's going to have a chance to get a win. They're playing Augsburg. Augsburg's kind of an up-and-down club. Seeing what we got, uh, Serie A. So there, when we get back from the break, there, you know, big matchups are gonna uh, come at us hard and heavy. Because guess what comes to us Sunday, November twenty sixth, Nick? It is, in fact, yes, we, in Juve. it's Juve and Inter. So yep. it is the Derby d'Italia, the the, the the absolute Super Bowl of Italian football. So not yep. only do we have City and Liverpool, not only do we have Monaco and PSG. But we have Juve and Inter. I mean, yeah. this is—it it doesn't get any better than this. This this weekend no, after th- after Thanksgiving is going to be loaded with big matchups. Yeah, no, we're gonna our shows are gonna be full of full of this goodness, man. I mean, we we got to hope for a nice dub and and Monaco can show up, and then let's see if this German race can kind of kind of we can get some separation with uh, Leverkusen. And I would love to see. Uh, uh, Big Dad lose Munich. Oh my God, what a what a heaven that that would be. And of course, Italy, man. Yeah, Juve and Inter is going to be probably that'll be the match that you know everyone will be looking That's at. That's going to be that some separation, time. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you if Inter someone can win that, something. they go five. They go five ahead, and that's that's a substantial amount right there, especially considering that league and how consistent UV and Inter have been. There's not a lot of margin for error, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah, we we close out today, and we're going to – I think Thanksgiving's the day after we record, so we'll uh, we'll be going into a nice holiday and then going into some good games right after the, the next show. Yeah, and then, on, like I said, in the Prem, I mean, it's going to be uh, Liverpool and Manchester City right after the break. That's obviously the match, the match of the season right there in Europe in terms of league play. But also, I want to put this one out there, right? Nick, the, the, the Premier League is going to do us a little bit more justice, right? We have Tottenham and Aston Villa. So that's uh, Spurs coming off two consecutive losses, still in the top four, but they're playing Aston Villa, who's trying to get in the top four. That's massive. Everton's playing Man United, so that's going to be up there. That's a Northwestern, Northwest English derby. And then another big one, Nick, we have Newcastle and Chelsea, Saturday, November 25th, 10 a.m. So yeah. we're, we're getting a lot of – we're getting a, a Thanksgiving heaping, helping, serving of football come big matchups, big names, big yeah. clubs, uh, vital, vital, vital results coming out of that, that uh, first weekend after the international break. Absolutely, man. We're uh, we're getting blessed. Santa, Santa's coming early. 
I'm gonna turn the lights out. The bourbon, the glass is empty. And yeah, um, yeah we're gonna call it until next week then. Take care.